It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak. I'm Brett Levy. I'm your host this week. So, uh, yeah, in another interesting week in tech. Um, actually, not so much in the news side of things, but um, I got to play some cool toys, so it's always interesting for me. Let's get into the show. So here we go. Um, on this week's Things with a Z, I got to review a laptop. Now, a few shows ago I mentioned when I was reviewing a laptop that it was not designed for gaming and, and hinted that I could do with a new gaming machine. Well, I kind of got my wish. Um, I got to play with one, but I had to send it back. So it's kind of worse seeing that I did get to play with the machine, got to have fun on the machine, thought I had a gaming machine, and uh, then received that we need to get the machine back. So um, although that being said, you know, don't always get to, to keep all the nice shiny toys that come this way. Um, and I did get to play with it. Anyway, enough moaning. So let's talk about the super cool Asus TUF or Tough Gaming A16. Wow, that was quite a mouthful. Asus Tough Gaming A16. Laptop. Um, let me actually just quickly go back here. So um, if the model didn't give it away, then it is a 16-inch screen. Now, in fact, I wanted to be on this slide. What was really cool, straight on for the outset, you can see that the bezels were really small around the outside of the laptop. Um, it's got a 90% screen coverage. For those of you listening that are not actually watching the show um, and maybe don't know, which I find surprising in this day and age, but when you measure the inches of a machine or screen, rather, you measure from the diagonal. So it's the bottom left corner to the top right, or I suppose you could be technical top left corner down to bottom right. But the fact that it has a 90% coverage, that just gives you the size of the screen. You do get some shortcuts where you can put some really thick bezels in them around all the way around, um, which actually reduces your real estate, right? And if you're looking at the cell phones, as the years progress, these bezels get less and less and less. So it makes sense that a gaming laptop where screen and screen property uh, and space is important, that you, know, you try and give as much as you can. So 16 inches with a 90% coverage, super clear, uh, 240 hertz refresh rate, which means there was no tearing when playing. Now, I played Counter-Strike Go. Um, Kay took it for a spin on Valorant, and he didn't find any issues with it either with the refresh rate. Now, some smarts went into the processor too. So we'll talk about what the spec was of the machine I had and what it can get spec to. But a, it's an AMD, well, let's just talk about now. So it's an AMD, it's a Ryzen, and it's got the Radeon GPU. But AMD's got a protocol called SmartShift RSR. Now, that allows the GPU to render a frame at a lower resolution and then upscale the frame with integrated graphics for an improved rate. So basically, if we translate Geek into regular speak, the GPU, graphics processing unit, uses two parts. So one renders the frames uh, and images at a lower resolution and not sacrificing speed, which is the tearing I was talking about. If I haven't explained tearing before, tearing is when you're, especially in a shooter, when you're moving from left to right, if your screen tears, it like gets these lines because the refresh rate is not keeping up with the actual movement. And that's a no-no when you're playing. So there was no tearing. Um, so back to what it is. So basically, the one part renders the frame image at a lower resolution, so no speed loss, but the other then adds details. So it's it's almost like after the fact. 
So you've got the frame, seeing what you need to see, and while that frame's there, all the added information is put on there. So things like backgrounds and that, which don't need to be high definition, would then appear to be high definition microseconds after the fact. Uh, so that's very cool. Um, I don't know if NVIDIA has the same type of technology. I assume they do. I wasn't on an NVIDIA card uh, or GPU. So yeah. Now, there's no loss when connected to an external monitor either. So that's quite important, right? Because although owning a laptop gives you the best of both worlds, you can take your machine with you wherever you go. But when you're at home or at an office that has a screen or even if you're going to an event, you want to be able to play on a bigger screen. Um, I have a 32-inch screen that I play on, um, or the gaming monitor that we have, I think, is actually 27 inches. No, it's 32 inches. 32 inches, um, but plugged in through the display port, close the lid, playing on the big screen, and, yeah, same experience. Obviously, the screen itself needs to be a good screen if you want to see great graphics. We do have a good screen, so that wasn't an issue there. Now, the model that I played on has 8 gigs of DDR5 RAM. Um, most computers nowadays, DDR3, DDR4. So DDR5, is it's, it's good. I mean, it's just like you know, version 5, is, it has to be better. Um, I had a Ryzen 7 77735, and I had the AMD Radeon um, RX 7600 series GPU. These are pretty, pretty good... Um, um, CPU, RAM, GPU specs. Uh, there was no slouch there. The hard drive was a 5112 gig that was sent through. Um, it kept up. I never intended to load tons of stuff onto the hard drive. Uh, it was a review machine. I wasn't setting it up to be my machine. Here he goes again moaning about machines. Um, by the way, if you want to send it back, you're welcome to. Um, anyway, so... Why I'm mentioning the memory, as I said, 512 is what I got. I'm assuming that's the smallest it would ship with. It does support up to a whopping two terabytes via two SSD slots. So what that means is you could put two one terabyte drives in. Um, now, I can see the questions. Well, why would you need two hard drives, Brett? Well, most of the big gaming rigs, they are going to move to SSD. Um, but in the old days, or not even that long ago, one was always an hard disk HDD and one was an SDD. HDDs are cheaper, um, so you can buy a lot more space and a lot more memory uh, than, than an SDD, although the technology is starting to catch up and HDD is fading out. But the reason you have two drives is you have your startup drive and your processing drive. I would advocate for an SDD there because of speed, and then you have your storage drive. Games are big. Games are super big. Um, you're talking 80, 90, 100, 150 gigs plus on just on some games, and then the downloads are big as well. So a lot of people will store on an HDD and play on an SDD. Um, this only had the one drive, so it's doing both on the same. I didn't notice any um, slag play, slack, slag, slack, lag in my, in my machine. Um, but yeah, however, as I said, it can go up to two terabytes and it's spec to be able to go up to a Ryzen 9 7940 and swap out the Radeon for an RX 7700 series, which is a pretty, pretty good spec when it comes to the Ryzen and AMD config. Uh, nothing to be slouched at. Obviously, that would be a considerable chunk of change. And I say this quite often when I talk about technology on, on the show. 
buy what you need, not what you want. And there's two reasons for that. The first one's obviously the affordability of it, but the second one, tech does outdate. You know, all tech has a lifespan. The, the, the manufacturers might say, oh, it's good for one and a half, maybe two years. You might get four years out of it. Um, I, I mean, I I think my MacBook's about four years old and still going strong. Gail, my wife, works off a MacBook that's probably like 10 years old. I wouldn't say it's going strong, but it's still going. Um, the point that I'm making, though, is there is no way her 10-year-old Mac can process and manage the file sizes that we use in the modern world. So when you're going to spec a machine, um, buy it with what you can afford, obviously. But more important, buy with what you need. Do your homework. If you're not going to be rendering massive graphic files and using a machine to do graphic design um, or, or photo animation or things like that, and just by the way, for parents that listen to the show, um, buying your kids a gaming machine is not just for gaming. They can do all kinds of cool video rendering, music rendering, art animation, 3D animation, CAD, etc. So you're actually getting two machines. You're getting a work machine and a play machine in one. No different from a laptop, right? Um, so sit down, look at what you need, and then buy your machine. Because in two, three, four years' time, the machine is going to need to be replaced. Um, the big benefit of a box versus a laptop, it's probably easier to take the components out and put them in. However, that being said, the amount of money that a case costs and that is not that expensive. So I wouldn't advocate for a, a tower over a laptop um, if you needed mobility. If you don't ever need to take your gaming machine or work machine or any machine anywhere, go for a tower. Um, the reason why I was quite excited to play with a laptop gaming machine is my gaming center is 20 odd kilometers from here. So if I ever wanted to uh, take my machine with me, um, yeah, it needs to be portable. So um, right, then ports. So the ports are really generous too. Um, there's a dedicated power port. So there's no USB sacrifice, which is really cool because a lot of the machines nowadays they come with a USB-C, but that can or generally can is used as the power port as well. So it's great to say you've got two ports, but one's actually being used for power. Now, um, so dedicated power, uh, by the way, you can still charge via USB-C. So if you were out and you didn't have your charger with you, um, which I'm always bespoke when they're dedicated, you can actually still use USB-C up to 100 watts. Um, the dedicated power charger was 90 watts. We'll talk about how that charges up quickly a little bit later on in the review. Um, so audio jack, um, HDMI port, two USB-As, two USB-Cs. One was 3.2 and one was 4 rated. Uh, there was a LAN port, so not really wanting for connectivity here. Uh, you've got everything that you would want and expect on a laptop and a specifically gaming laptop. Um, both USB-C ports are, are rated for display, which means you can connect them like I did. You can either use the HDMI or you can actually use the USB-C out into a display port as well. Uh, sound, Dolby Atmos. Sound is really good. Um, I must be honest, I actually game like most people with a headset on. So the speakers weren't that important to me. However, that being said, it is a mobile device. So therefore, you do want to be able to have some form of sound, and Dolby Atmos is nothing to sniff at. The microphones are AI and isolated as well, so if you are doing a video call or anything like that, or even if you're just talking, I suppose, on a game, it will 
counteract, can't get my words out today. It'll counteract um, uh, surrounding noises. So really well set up. Now, battery. So I mentioned the 90 watt charger that comes with the um, A16. Due to the charger, it will charge a battery to 50% in 30 minutes. So it does have fast charging protocol. Um, the claimed battery life was 13.6 hours of video playback. I never sat there and watched videos for 13.6 hours. So I can't tell you if that's true or not. I do have a say, and I've said this on multiple other shows before, it's highly unlikely that a manufacturer is going to put specs out there or benchmarks or reported usage if they're not true and or defendable. So even if it's 13 hours of video playback, that's still a substantial amount of video watching. Now, please remember, video playback is very different to gaming. Video playback means you're watching Netflix or YouTube or something like that. It's running at whatever speed it's running, so it's, it's browsing maybe even as well, which will reduce the time. They might refer to video playback as put a file on a USB or on the hard drive and play it, not necessarily connected to the internet. Um, so I didn't try and murder the battery in that sense. Um, I did game for about two, maybe two and a half hours. Depends who's listening to the show because I'm supposed to be working. Um, I see a comment has come through here. Um, <laughs> the comment, I'm actually going to show it. Gavin, shout me out. Hey, Gav, thanks for getting up early uh, on that side of the world to um, watch or listen to the show. So, um, yeah, so basically I game for two. I'm just going to stay at two hours for the sake of my marriage and not working and everything else. Um, battery was fine. Still had, I still had juice in the tank. So uh, <laughs> rock on yourself. So basically, um, yeah, uh, battery was great. Now, there's a reason why I'm mentioning all of this. With that kind of performance, with screens, with resolution, with everything else, the payload's only 2.2 kgs. Um, 2.2 kgs is not heavy for a 16-inch laptop. It really isn't. So uh, all in all, you've got a, a really capable machine. Um, a comments just come through, is this Asus's top of the range? No, it's not. Um, I don't actually know the name and model of the top of the range. Um, the A16 is definitely not an entry-level machine by any way, shape, or form, um, but it's not the top range. However, that being said, just going back to the point that I made earlier about when you spec your machine, if you stuck a Ryzen 9 and a 7700 in there and two terabytes, um, you're pretty much looking at a top of range machine. Like, there's not much more you can do in a laptop. You know, I'm going to get people go, oh, you could put an NVIDIA 4070. Yes, you could. Um, and you're going to pay five, six grand for that kind of machine. The point that I'm making uh, is, or answering the question, this is the upper side of middle and definitely entry side of top um, in, uh, compared to some of the machines I've played on. Some really good smarts went in here. The fan and the cooling was was superb. Never felt a heat packing come off there when we were playing. Um, so, yeah, all in all, great machine um, from a, a really good and reputable brand. Um, yeah, check it out, asus.com. No matter where you are in the world, it will obviously default you to your respective website. So what else have we got? Uh, on to tech news with a Z. So I'm going to stay with computers. Uh, this is really cool. So we're all talking about global warming and, um, you know, carbon offset and planting trees. 
There's a startup in England that has a really, really clever proposition. They call themselves Heater. So it's heat with an A, heat A. Um, and basically, it's heating water. So they use water pumps and, and well, we all use water pumps, I suppose. But they like a geezer, they heat their water um, from a computer. So what they do is they supply, and this is a startup. I don't know how many of these machines are in the marketplace. It was just a new snippet that I came across because, hey, something to geek out about. But basically, they supply you with a server that's connected to the Wi-Fi in your home and companies that pay for cloud computing services. So big data, mining, whatever it is that they use for, for cloud services. These machines then do the compute. So that company pays Heater. Heater provides a server that does the compute. That server sits in your house, connected to your Wi-Fi to obviously receive and send the data. And that is a cost as well, yes. But the heat that comes off this machine, I just mentioned on reviewing the laptop that it had a really good fan system to control heat. Heat is a thing that kills graphic cards and CPUs. When the machine overheats, it just stops working uh, and or otherwise goes into protective mode. So in, instead, they're taking this heat, they're channeling the heat, and they're using it to actually heat up the water. So this in turn basically saves emissions and all the other wonderful things that we do and we generate heat into the atmosphere but it will save you on your electricity bill i personally think this is an incredible product the only thing you got to ask yourself though and i'm pretty sure they would have thought about this is that would you be complicit in data that's being processed on your machine using an ip address that's probably linked to your address because that's what wi-fi does and that data was maybe a little bit dodge like there was a thing a little while ago with VPNs because VPNs give their, give, you can get a free VPN. And remember, nothing in life is free. There's always a trade-off, right? So free VPNs will then use some of your VPN traffic to move sensitive or dark fiber type traffic around the world. I uh, can't remember who the VPN provider was, um, but they were called out for sending like child porn and things like that. Now, I don't think anyone through the VPN network was held complicit because they're just providing the pathway. I would assume the same defense would apply, but I still wouldn't like to get a knock on the door from like an on, armed black seal unit coming to arrest me because uh, um, I've got an IP address that's generating child porn. So that's just something that would obviously be, you know, and why I'm getting into that is that with every household, you'll have a dedicated IP address. You may not be doing things on your machine, but people might be doing things in the machine and those things will be linked to your IP address. Just saying. Right. Um, speaking of VPNs, NordVPN has actually put out a statement about airport selfies and they say that they pose risks when traveling. So one of the cybersecurity experts, experts at NordVPN um, says that when passengers take a selfie that they're traveling and a pic of their boarding and they hold like a pic of their boarding pass. Now I must be honest, I've done this, right? I've put a picture up on my boarding pass showing the destination of where I'm going. I'm not sure if I covered all the information on there. The cybersecurity person in me is going to say I did, um, but I don't know. Um, I just want to quickly change this banner because it's pinging up on me there. So, and yes, I do all the production on my show myself. Ding. So, when you put a, a picture up of you holding your passport and or your boarding pass, you're kind of giving information away. And that's what they're saying is that, 
hackers can look at this via the social networks. They now know you're flying. They know where you're flying to because the air, airplane ticket says British Airways and we're in Australia, which means we have to be going to London and so on and so forth. And they can start doing all kinds of things. One, they could try to figure out where you live, knowing your house is probably empty. Two, um, they can hack your credit card details and that through your, your reward networks and then steal your reward miles. Or if they can't get in, maybe phone a travel agent or the airline itself. It was printed on the boarding pass saying that it's, it's you, um, saying that you are now in destination and that something's gone wrong. You need a rebook of flight, please can I help you. And you've got the credit card and file. And who knows, you might get away with it. So I think although we get excited and we say, you know, and I've definitely done this, Brett's traveling to Johannesburg from Sydney. I know I've done that or vice versa. Um, maybe do it after the trip. So take your pictures, do all the selfies, be outside, whichever tourist trap you are, wherever you are. But maybe just like send the selfies uh, after the fact. Oh. Facebook. You know, when I see Facebook, it, it I don't know where, who I hate more now, X and Elon or Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. Probably still Facebook. And when I read this story, yeah, more definitely more Facebook. So Facebook has banned news on the Canadian wildfires on their network. So the prime ministers come out and accuse them of putting profits before humanitarian emergencies, which is true and sounds like business as usual to me when it comes to Zuckerberg. Um, so if you don't know the backstory, right, Facebook was, and I think Google as well to point was basically told that if they don't pay local news companies for news, then they can't operate kind of thing. So instead of paying local companies for news, um, or sharing profits rather, um, they just ban news from their platform. Now, that already was a bit of a dog move from their side because they make enough money that they could share the love. And people go to social networks for not just pictures of what people ate for breakfast, but actually for the news as well. That being said, um, it just boils down to the fact that Zuckerberg is a horrible human being. He's not even a human being. He's a troll. Um, and what by not publishing what could effectively be life-saving news, um, because he doesn't want to pay, it kind of makes the vomit rise a little bit in my throat. I mean, I, I just move across a little bit south for a moment with this terrible tragedy that's gone on with Hawaiian uh, fires, right? Um, the news would have been critical, and social networks would have been critical to, to tell people that were caught up in the events where they shouldn't go. More importantly, where they should go but also where they shouldn't go, right? So if you were looking at an evacuation and you find out that area X is no longer accessible, well, you don't drive all the way there to find out that you can't go that way and then now maybe get trapped. So Zuckerberg, thank you very much for being the despicable little thing that you are. Um, I really do wish that cage fight was going to happen and that you get this not knocked out of you. In fact, I'd even put money on it. Um, not that I have much faith in Elon, but I would just like to see you get the snot knocked out of you. Um, and Canada, really sorry about that. Heartfelt goes out to you and the people and, and you know, and the same for Hawaii as well. Um, unfortunately, here in Australia, as we're coming out of, out of summer and going into spring, following on from there will be summer. We're really preparing our, our um, hinterland. I can smell the back burning going on now for fires. Doesn't mean we're going to be safe. It means we're going to lose wildlife. 
end users are obviously quite a critical thing when it comes to where we should and shouldn't go. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Zuckerberg, for nothing. Does that bring us to the end? Yes, it does, of tech news. Now, in RU game, um, well, I don't really – I didn't play anything, so I mentioned that I reviewed the gaming laptop, which means I needed to play games. So I just went back to Counter-Strike Go, um, which was really good. I still suck at the game, but that's not the machine's fault. Um, if you are watching the show, though, so not listening to this via podcast – I've actually put a screenshot up between showing the comparison of a scene in Counter-Strike Go and Counter-Strike 2. Now, I was actually fortunate enough to play the game down at DreamHack in, I think it was in April this year, um, and it is beautiful. Uh, the release date is somewhere between now and September 23rd, I believe. Um, I'm not sure, uh, but I can assure you that anyone that ever played Counter-Strike is probably going to pick up the game again, and they are going to re-fall in love with the game. Now, if you are looking at the screen, the thing that Valve has done here that is so brilliant is they didn't screw up the game. They didn't change the maps. They didn't add things that they shouldn't have added. They didn't remove things that were critical to the game. They're not going to make us relearn everything we know about Counter-Strike Go. What they did do is they basically did what the television industry did from a TV that was in the 1970s to the TV that's now. Um, they've just made it beautiful. Um, I've got a picture of, I'll try and describe it. It's a guy holding a gun. Um, I think it looks like a desert eagle, actually. I'm not sure, but it's a nice big handgun. And in the background is a wall that you can see has got some damage and some bullet holes in that. And you can just see how they've enhanced the color. There's a car. It's still the same model of car. It's an old car, uh, but the the, the lines are tighter, they're clearer, they're sharper. The gun's got more life to it. Even the glove that the agent has got on is just, it looks more leathery, more real and soft to the touch. So um, they have done a phenomenal job. And as I said, I got the privilege of playing this game down in DreamHack. There was a whole area dedicated to Counter-Strike 2, like a beta version. Um, it moves smoother. It looks smoother. The smoke, when you detonate a smoke grenade and it just, it just, filters through the tunnel. It's just, it's an incredible game. So it'll be awesome if it comes up before the 23rd of September. Um, but yeah, apparently between now and the 23rd of September. So thank you, Valve. Looking really forward to that. Um, yeah, I didn't get to play anything else. Uh, I was just playing that on the machine. And that takes us to Q&A. Um, what have we got in Q&A? Let's have a quick look here. Uh, oh, that's actually quite a cool... That's quite a quad. So, hey, Brett, how do I delete duplicate photos on a Mac? I mean, we've talked about PC and PC gaming. I think it's only fair we talk about something Apple. So it's actually quite easy. Um, I, I say that. I personally actually don't use photos on my Mac. I, I know how to answer this question, so I'm going to answer the question. But I actually use I use Google Photos on my phone, and then all my phone photos go from my phone into Google Drive or Google Photos, and I actually don't actually have them on my Mac at all. They're all in the cloud. But the question was, how do I de delete duplicate photos on a Mac? So let's answer it. So it's actually four or five steps. Um, the first one is you'd open the Photos app. Duh. Um, on the sidebar, so the, the navigation that goes down, I think it's the left-hand side, um, you'll see a list of like all the folders. One of them is actually called Duplicates. Click it. 
Um, now you can scroll through all the photos and either individually merge them. So you need to merge first to duplicate. There's a few steps, but bear with me. It's quick and it's easy. So you'll see when there's two, it will show you two photos side by side, and there's an option to merge. It might be three photos, actually. And we'll say merge all three. Click that and merge them. That's if you're doing it individually. If your ADHD kicks in and you couldn't be bothered, you could actually go to the top of the screen. So on a Mac, whatever program you're on, I think it's the same on Windows. Like, for example, you'd be in photos, would say photos, file, edit, view, uh, history, I, I don't know, whatever's up there. Uh, but it's the top bar. Click edit and then select all. So you can either go Apple A or Command A, um, and then that will select all the, no, sorry, make sure you're still on photos, it's still duplicates, right? So you're still in the same place that you were, you're just not now individually doing it. Then go in and go edit, and then go Apple A or um, Command A, or just find select all in the drop down menu, click that, and then if you look at the top right of the screen, you'll see merged 312 items click that button and we'll do it all for you so yeah done now you can thank me for all the extra space um you're about to get back because you know photos are generally if they're high res they take up a lot of space um and the removal of the duplicates which is what the question was on the note of space and we talked about hard drives earlier what a lot of people don't realize is you should actually not really ever take a hard drive down to about 20 percent um so if you've got a 512 gig drive, you should kind of always keep 70, 80 gigs free. Now it's a lot harder to do that, easier said than done, right? And there's a reason for that. Your drive needs space to process the actions that you're asking the machine to do. So when you do get rid of stuff and you claw back precious hard drive space, this is another thing you will notice your machine will run faster because it'll be able to process faster. Um, I say this with all good and 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 um, well-being intent. I don't do it. If I had to look on my Finder now, I've probably got five or six gigs left. That's all. I only have a 512 gig hard drive, and I have hurt it and made it very very full. But uh, what, what's the, what's the saying? Um, do, do as I say, not as I do. So we'll leave it at that. On that note, um, basically that brings us to the wrap of the show. Thank you again. And until next time, keep your screens clean and your knob shiny.